Good evening, Blanchard Brothers. Normally you would have a nice sleek intro about the secretary and this being disobeyed and this message self-destructing. favorite boy E, Mr. McQuarrie. Uh, yeah. And uh, the D, this guy, <laughs> this guy is, this guy is in charge of the franchise yeah. going forward. And I say in charge of, when I say that, I mean, it's really Tom. What this is, yeah. this is, this is firmly him, like secretly kind of being like, well, I mean, this is like a, this is a plant basically. Yeah. Essentially. Like this is my, I control everything now. I'm not only a producer. I got the director in my back pocket. This, this is my franchise. I got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not that he didn't have it before, but right. this is firmly, it's like kind of from this point forward, there's no authorial directorial intent that is not this dual brain of, right. of the two of them working together, which I think is a fantastic combination. And I'm going to go ahead and say from the top, and I've rewatched this one now multiple times in the lead up to this Me episode. Too. About three. Rogue Nation is my favorite in mm. the franchise. I finally settled on it. I love three so much, but the the pacing of this one, mm-hmm. perfection, the the stringing together kind of midsection of set pieces mm-hmm. is incredible. We'll get to all of them, but first. We got to go for a little career cruising. Yeah, what's going on with Tom right now with this career? What are we at? What, what are we doing? I mean, we had this a little bit of a. Po- po- this is obviously post Katie Holmes. Yes, firmly, firmly post Katie Holmes. Way past Katie Holmes. Uh, Ghost Pro, we mentioned on the previous episode, yes. biggest movie in the franchise yes. to that point. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 feeling pretty. Pretty sure of himself right now, and I feel around like Ghost Protocol, we're like, you know what? If he does one of these every two years, I'll go see it. Like we'll just we've kind of we've bought in that, like you know what? This is just, you know, old faithful, right? Because I mean, you got to think about two before Ghost, you know, after three before Ghost Protocol. There's the big shakeup of oh my god, who's going to be James Bond? What's going on here? And I mentioned before that we talked about, like, I compared them in high school with certain friends. Like, oh, Ethan Hunt has this team. James Bond is always his own. Is that the same year? In 2006 is MI3, right? Uh, and Casino Royale? Right. Maybe we get Casino Royale in the fall? I think so. Right? Because that's the big thing of, like, this. it's a newer Mission Impossible. But we also have, I think that may have gotten a little thrown back with the idea that, like, here's this iconic, you know, it's been Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan wanted to do a remake well they boot him and now like they're doing a remake with the guy from layer cake like what I what? mean I was pretty excited about no I, I and I love I love Daniel Craig off. Daniel yeah. Craig has slowly become like a better bond over the years but it, I think it is interesting that let's just say that the turn happens with three it, it slowly like it pivots from spy espionage to straight up action and then you have these action set pieces that that he's doing his own stunts, mixed with like overall like clandestine espionage, action whatever whatever, and you have James Bond on the other end of it going through this some like a renaissance we f- rebuild. We could say four is also the one that kind of solidifies the team 
aspect right. of this finally. Exactly. And and to date, Bond's done. I mean, they're going to come back with another one, but like that run with Daniel Craig. I'm excited to see what it is in relation right. to what they just did because obviously the, it's going to be some weird course right. correction. To my to my to the point of I don't know if I go see Mission Impossible without Tom Cruise. As you're talking about this is his franchise. So I don't know past <clears throat> past, you know, Ghost Protocol if I want to go where we thought it was going with like, oh, they're going to give it to Brandt. They're going to give it to Jeremy Renner. Guy had a great weekend, you know, with right. the Oscars, and now everybody wants him, you know? Mm-hmm. But he, he goes the Marvel route. So, like, I don't really know if I'm invested in, like, someone else being Ethan Hunt, even though it may just be a name, kind of like we could argue, well, James Bond's just a name. But I don't think I go, and I'm not invested. And, again, it goes back to the, I'll go watch these every time. I'm, I'm excited for the road we're on. I'm, I'm ready for Road to Reckoning 1 and 2. But I don't know. It how is much called it, Dead Reckoning. Dead just Reckoning, to clarify. Sorry. Dead Reckoning one and two. I'm 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 excited for those. But at the same time, I'm not thinking about them because I don't want to get sad about the fact that like that's it. Well, you know? yeah, but we have a huge gap, I think, yeah. between part one and two. Not a huge gap, but I I don't think it's like the next I don't think it's next year. I think it's will be like twenty twenty five. Probably I think. But I, I don't know if they shot them all together or I I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? With it, well, uh, I, with what we know about his work ethic, I'm pretty sure if they, as soon as they could shoot again, he was shooting. He's probably stuffing something in there. With but the fact let's, that he's but had, let's flat, let's flash back. Yeah. To 2012. Like I said, he's feeling a little full of himself. He's also coming off. You know, we mentioned the the attempt at a cameo comedy that is Tropic Thunder, and Night and Day is a little more on the lighter side. I like uh, Night and Day. I like it a lot. Saw it in the theater. Uh, leaning into more of that comedic persona, so I think he's like. All right, I did a big character with the Les Grossman thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People do. People do always bring up me dancing in risky business. Maybe there's something there. Maybe, yeah. He does Rock of Ages. Yeah, a movie I have never seen. Me neither. Uh, I have based off of a Broadway play. Yes, we should say it's a jukebox musical. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he did his own singing. I'm not sure. I remember people saying like he is fun in this and kind of the only thing worth watching mm-hmm. uh, but I've never seen it is it Russell Brand in there this is like I believe I thought he might have been he's in fucking Rock of Ages. I, there's, I know there's a ton of people but again I've never seen it I, I don't okay we got uh, Juliana Ho mm-hmm. or Huff how Huff. do we say her name Huff Ho yeah uh, Diego Bonetta don't yeah. remember him. Tom Cruise, Alec Bo- Eric Baldwin, of course. Uh, and yes, Russell Brand was in there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Justin Thoreau worked on the screen. He's just, you know, he's just always always doing weird shit. Always in the mix. I love Justin Thoreau. Sorry. What was but he? yeah, another one he randomly has what, writing what credit. Or partial what did I just see his on. name in for voice? For voice? He was something we were... If I was talking about watching, like... Um, Monsters Inc. and then something else, but they, I saw something in the credits that it was like, voice Justin Throw, and I was like, oh my god! But I can't remember what movie it was now. Did he do the Lady and the Tramp? That's it. That's what it is. I you're think right. he's Tramp. He is. Tra- you're right. Yeah, because we we did go through. <laughs> that was one of the like early trailers. Disney. Yeah. yeah, dude, I've I've spent so many nights where yeah, I just pick a streaming service and it's just like I'm just gonna watch trailers for like an hour. <laughs> Because some of them, you get the good ones from like where it's like the uh, 80s dude, and they the tell Amazon, you the entire movie. Amazon Prime trailers. Yeah. And then some so of them are fun. like, dude, I love the trailer. I think I've told you for sidekicks because it makes, it tells you like, this is the first time this one is available this way. Mm-hmm. Like it knows that it was just a VHS movie that Chuck Norris did for his brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but then some of them you get in there just like a random ass scene from the movie. And I'm like, this doesn't tell me a goddamn thing. I don't care about this. Yeah. You know, but it is nice to get that break in pace because you have like how trailers used to be where they spelled the entire movie out for you in four minutes, but you still wanted to go watch it, you know, because yeah. you're like, all right, <clears throat> there's got to be something there I can enjoy. Okay. So Rock of Ages is, is a bomb. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, pretty, Another pretty miss. substantial bomb, Uh 75 mil budget worldwide gross of just shy of 60. So and I'd uh, say 50, 55 million of that is is on his star power alone has to be i'm sure and just the novelty of like yeah. tom cruise doing a musical uh yeah. but yeah that one did not hit it's coming after like you know the hairspray Rent, musical all oh, the, like those those yeah. did okay in the theater so 
I understand the instinct of like, oh, I should get in on one of these, but I don't know. Weird move still. Again, never seen it. But uh, same year. This is where the friendship is forged. Great little movie called Jack Reacher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I know there was there was stuff at the time over... He's not like the novel. He's too short. Yeah. He doesn't have blonde hair. Um, et cetera, et cetera. I think but, if you're one of those people who's arguing, the guy that they got to be the series who was... He was on the... He was on the Titan show. And he's in Fast X. Yeah. Like, he, he, he fits the, the mold for, like, the character in the book. But, yeah, and I remember watching that being like, okay, is this guy, is he, like, is he trying to make another Ethan Hunt? And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, well, he's an army guy, okay. All right, yeah, he's kind of a drifter. You're like, it's more walking tall Billy yeah. Jack, but, like, updated for, yeah. you know. It's that style. That's kind of what I liked about it. It mm-hmm. just felt old school, even down to yeah. having like Robert Duvall yeah. with a sniper rifle at the end. Yeah. And Great. it also has Werner Herzog as like a fantastic villain, yeah. which I think was the first time somebody tapped into that before, you know, Mandalorian had the, I'm just saying, Favreau got the sh- idea was it, from, from that. Wasn't Herzog in Shooter as well? With Is Mark he Walker? in Shooter? Never seen Shooter. I thought he was, I thought he was the, yeah, I thought he was in it as like, one of the people helping Danny Glover and the people that set up Marty Mark. I can't remember. Because um, you know that voice. I'm sorry. Okay, so. Side note, just because you said Danny Glover and it made me think of it. Um, we're, after we record this episode, spoilers for, you know, in next week's episode, um, we're talking some TV. I won't go into detail. But you and I need to watch a trailer because I haven't watched it either. Boots Riley's next project mm-hmm. is not a movie. It's an Amazon Prime series, like, he gets to do the whole thing, and it looks incredible. It's called I'm a Virgo, I think, huh. uh, but the trailer dropped today, and I never got a chance to watch it at work, but it just occurred to me, and I was like, holy shit. But yeah, he's doing, like, an eight-episode, top to bottom, this is Hell my brain yeah. thing. It looks it. it looks great. Yeah. Just from the visuals I've seen, but we should watch the trailer together Definitely. before you leave tonight. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jack Reacher. Great. He meets Macquarie. Solid, solid hit. Mm-hmm. Solid hit. Doesn't like break the bank or anything, but uh, you know it does well enough. And then right on its heels in 2013, Oblivion. Oh God, such a beautiful movie. Never seen it. But another watched, notable. So I I'm watched sorry, Oblivion. I did this thing. I it, it, maybe I have spoken about this. Maybe I haven't. In 2013, I graduated from grad school. And in celebration, I took a week-long trip back to the airbase that you and I grew up on. You saw it in Japan? No, I saw it on the plane to oh, Japan. Gotcha, and it gotcha. looked amazing. Here's the thing I did. I was like, oh, 18-hour flight. And this is how I had been on a plane in years. So I'm thinking... Much less for that long. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah. I'm thinking we were kids. They pull down the screen in the center, and you got to, like, put your shitty headphones in and look and watch it over the seat. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I go spend 200 bucks on a brand brand new sleek Panasonic portable DVD player and I load my bag with like five seasons of NCIS that I had, had already bought but hadn't watched yet. Get on the plane and there's a fucking TV in the headrest yeah. and I just watch and everything on that. you can plug your headphones into yeah. your uh, to, armrest. Yeah. Yeah. To the point, like I watch Oblivion, I'm like, okay, great. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to Japan. I gotta, I gotta watch Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Well, what am I gonna watch They're next? Like, this guy, Chad assholes. Yeah. <laughs> what am I gonna What am I gonna watch next? I was like, you know, I never saw the Anthony Hopkins Hitchcock movie. Start watching it. I'm like, all right, here we go. That was a Redbox rental for sure. <laughs> it was like, a, I'm not gonna bother with this in the theater, but yeah. I gotta see it. Yeah, of course. And about halfway through it, like, the screen cuts off, and they turn the lights on. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is bullshit. I didn't finish the movie. And I'm like, wait a minute. The lights. I'm in Japan, baby. Let's go. Like I was, so, I was like, wait, why was I? Oh yeah. Oh sh- Oh wait. Okay. I, we're, I'm at Narita. I gotta go. So I'm gonna put all my stuff and I run out. And of course, I get out and there's nobody there. It's all <laughs> Japanese people. I'm like, oh, John and Karen fucking forgot me. So I walk to one end of the terminal. Walk outside and look around. Walk to one back in. And this is already after I come into customs and I'm just like, um, I'm showing him the form and he's looking at me like, where's all your money? And I'm like. I pulled out the cash I had, and he just goes, oh, 
scratches out what I wrote and wrote down another thing and handed me my card back at customs. I guess I had told them on the plane I was bringing in more money than I was allowed to or something. So they stopped me for it. And they're like, you stupid guy, Jim. You don't know what money trips. Here, get out of here, kid. That's only $400. Give, leave me alone. And then, of course, go to one end of the terminal. They're not there. Come back. They're not there. And I'm like, well, shit, I guess I'll just wait at this gate. And by the time I'm thinking it, here comes John and Karen walking up. I'm like, oh, God. And, you know, we got in a car and they took me back to the base. And it was a fun week. To the point that when I came back, I was like, now I got to watch the rest of the Fast and Furious movies. And then I can't remember what I watched on the way back. But, um, oh, yeah, on the way back, I watched Oblivion. I didn't watch it on the way there. I watched it on the way back. Yeah. Because I remember being like, this is dope. A beautiful, like fucking beautiful movie. Directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Another, like, he's moving into a phase of his career where he's getting very the exact opposite of what we kind of talked about before it was like i'm going to put myself in the hands of an auteur where mm-hmm. he's still kind of doing that in like the cameron crow pta mm-hmm. uh era but uh yeah he's moving into a period now where it's like he kind of only makes movies with like three dudes it's joseph kaczynski right it's christopher mccrory and it's the other guy we're about to talk about mr go himself Doug Lyman. Oh, yeah. He makes Edge of Tomorrow. And, of course, you know, they have another collab that we'll get to, which I also haven't seen. I got some cruise blind spots where I'm like, yeah. dude, maybe maybe the rest of this year, if we want to keep this going, you know, Road to Reckoning will be put on pause after part one comes out. Cruising through the summer? But, yeah, maybe we maybe we take Instead a... Instead of summers in Miami, we just do cruising in the summer? Yeah, maybe we cruise cruising through. in the summertime. Do you have some that you haven't seen? Are you, are you pretty uh, Magnolia? Okay, born See, on the Fourth of July. Would be perfect. We could trade some. Far like, and away. I've never seen Far and Away. No interest. We can. Sk- no. I think we can skip that one. Yeah. Um, we don't. Ha- we don't have to go through all of this right now. But I. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's a thought. Yeah. There's definitely enough that I haven't seen that I think we could go through. Yeah. Know. No. I mean, there's a, there's a Rock of Ages. Never seen. You know. Yeah. There's plenty that we could go through, and then we could do like you know ones we love just because we love them. You know, maybe we, maybe we relegate it to uh, the Mission Impossible era, like only things that he's made from the beginning in the in the span. So it's ninety six forward. Yeah, that we haven't seen. One of us hasn't seen, and we can just we'll, we'll yeah. clear them up, we'll get them off the table. Yeah, put them in a hat. Does that get far and away out of the? I think so. I think so. I think he's done with that. I think it's early nineties. But I think. I think from yeah, Mission Impossible Ford, it's a lot of really good movies. You don't want to see how he met his wife? Not really. his first wife? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I what was I gonna say? I feel like the only one that'll be like a real snooze fest would be Lions for Lambs <laughs> and we can uh maybe pair that one with another maybe we pair that with Rock of Ages. Let's that, spice pair, it or we pair it with rules of engagement. Or Valkyrie. Why, why would we do Rules of Engagement? I don't know. I just I watched it the other day, and I, oh, I forgot okay. how, much, how good it was. That's I a like, Billy Freakin' movie, isn't it? It is, yeah. That's why I didn't realize. I was like, how do, how do we not talk about this? But I realized we weren't talking Freakin' as far as like a direct chair director. No, we've movie, just done is like, a lot of yeah. Freakin' movies uh, yeah. adjacently on uh, 2 by 2 So, yes. Okay, sorry. So, I mentioned Doug Lyman, but they do Edge of Tomorrow, which, I mean, we've talked about it a bunch. That's one of our faves i think supposedly they are working on a sequel um live die repeat repeat yeah. uh, is what they're gonna call it supposedly i uh, mean talk about like the 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 poster like killing the name because i know so many people who thought live die repeat was the name of the movie or edge of tomorrow, edge of tomorrow. and i i feel again i feel like a broken record the original the manga is called all you need is kill which is a way better title than either of those. yeah so. i heard i kept hearing like they're gonna make that and i'm like okay great and then yeah. like all of a sudden that came out and I was like, well, they kind of killed the name, but all right. Such a badass name. Yeah. Okay. And then we arrive in the glorious year of 2015 at Rogue Nation. Uh, and I believe it's time for our mission briefing. That'd be your, your cue. Oh, oh yes. Okay. What the hell happens in this movie? What's the plot? The plot of this movie is that the syndicate the syndicate that's it that's all you need to know um as introduced in ghost protocol yes we are now years year year and a half into the future and we find that ethan um you know he's pretty much all his fears have been confirmed there is a shadow network of possibly disavowed agents and or dead the ant 
anti-IMF. It's this group of people whose sole mission is to just create chaos by any means. And they're well-funded and they, they, they're, they tricks of the trade. They're veterans of the trade. Maybe people that Ethan thought he put down, but he didn't, you know? And, uh, they basically have resolved to, you know, show the world that, you know, it's time to pay that they're going to start wreaking havoc against these countries that like have friendly ties to the West to possibly incite world war three. There is, there's no law, which, which we loved about ghost protocol. There is no just madman who wants to blow the world up with nuclear weapons. This is a well-funded, you know, highly articulate, like group of people who have a single goal. And you compound that with the fact that the IMF's bullshit from four has not gone away. They, the, to the point that the CIA has swooped in and said, look, you guys have been unregulated. You've Eric Baldwin. Uh, yeah. Eric Baldwin comes in and says, you've been, you've been unregulated for years. And I, I, I'm going to take you down to Pickerton Hunt. Brant, you get me Hunt right now. Okay. Like that's, he's all about, you know, he's all about like, we got to bring these people in. You can't have just an unlimited amount of money doing God knows what unsanctioned you know, all over the place. You, you've got to have some kind of accountability. And so essentially, we sort of have another round of four where it's like, oh, you're on your own. But it's not from the standpoint of like, the IMF looks bad. It's like, you know, and like, they'll disavow you. It's to the point of like, hey, if you do anything, you not only do you have this syndicate group coming after you, you have the CIA and their whole like action team that's going to come for you as well. Right. And so Ethan has to figure out one who this guy is that's basically been been like, you know, had the, the upper hand on him the entire time. Figure out who this mysterious woman is that's come in to help him but also remained in with these bad guys as well. And uh they got to do all this while making sure that Alec Baldwin doesn't figure out what's going on with him. And, uh, yeah, stunts ensue, uh, car chases ensue. Lots of stuff. Possible romance starts, maybe. Maybe starts to, seeds planted, but haven't bloomed yet. You yeah. know, we'll see. We shall see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's Rogue Nation. We open. Well, I guess uh, we can, you want to go set piece by set piece? Yeah, you want to talk can. more generally? Big opening set piece. The, the plane hang. If mm-hmm. you will, um, actively trying to top himself from from yes, I mean, week. I guess I'm where I'm like, how how do you think the height matches up? What do you mean, like how high you think he rode that cargo leave. plane up relative to how high he was on the side of the Burj Khalifa? I uh. I don't know. I don't know how far. I think. He I feel like he's the kind of madman who would be like, "I want to go an extra hundred feet. Make sure I stay on the plane for that long." How I mean, high up in the air is is the, the the that building? Is it five thousand feet up in the no air? I have no idea. I'm curious. I, I thought I read five thousand feet was as high as it got. Sure, but he's not at like the tippy top. He's like midway up. No. Yeah, yeah. He's like yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was just curious. Yeah. I was just curious. But it's a it's a great opener. It's brief as well. Which I like. It's one of those, like I say, you have in, no idea what the hell they're, what's going on. Yeah, you just know everybody's everybody's here helping each other out. Right. You want to know where that mission, what that mission was. Yes. But just as easily when you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, okay. Which is it. an ideal cold open. Yeah. You You want to be, oh, I want to see that adventure. What right. happened there? Uh, but yeah, I love him. Like Benji not being able to get the door, the comedy of that. But when he gets like sucked in, like when he finally does pull it and the hatch is still open it's great and then the the way that transitions into the light the fuse like he is mm-hmm. the ignition the way that shot's composed that's when i'm like dude mcquarrie all right this is this is our boy going for because jack reacher again it was like old school and a little more reserved but that's what i liked about it but it had like i don't know it just had like a nice like workman like quality but like thoughtful workman like shit and so i was kind of in the back of my head i was like we'll take that and then like put the the full budget and the amped up like right. mission impossibleness of it all there could be some really interesting shit yeah and uh there is so we going from that we get into like brant 
and Baldwin, uh, which, dude, who knew? But even after, like, the, you know, we talked about how Renner acquits himself pretty nicely in some of the action in 4, but who knew that, like, this is kind of where I wanted him the whole time. Right. Is <laughs> on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Is in the office or, like, on, you know, that kind of role. I don't need him actively being in here to the point where we get to 6 and we don't see him at all, do we? No, he's not. He's in, just out, out. He's not in Fallout at all. Yeah, and I don't know. A little thing called Infinity War was going on at that point. That's right. It wasn't available probably. And again, I'm, I'm curious again with the fact that we're bringing in characters from the OG mm-hmm. into Dead Reckoning Part 1. You know, we may get to see some of our old favorites reoccur. What's and maybe your, they'll bring Brant back in. What's your money on Kittredge being like OG, the head of the syndicate? I mean, I like I, him and William Donlow working together. I could buy it, dude. I mean, that that would be the ultimate is yeah. like John Voight is still alive somehow. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, dude, crazy. if he just threw himself off into that tunnel and tuck and rolled, he could just be grizzly. They, they they pull it fast and the furious. <laughs> they cut back no, no, into no, no, it. No. John Voight. Tell us what happened. John Voight is Kittredge with a face mask. And dude, it's only the very end you pull it off and he's got a grizzled face and you're like, Oh my god, dude! I hadn't even thought of that angle, but yeah, what if these one of these cameos that we're all like, oh shit, what if it literally is that, and yeah. somebody's like, I'm bringing back the ghost of your past to fuck with you, and you realize it's all one person, yeah, dead reckoning, somebody who's already dead. I don't. Uh, Dukes is already dead. I don't know, man. Yeah, dude. dude what if they did? Bring, what if what it was Duke Grace? No, dude. What if everybody that he's ever faced. What if they fucking, what if they, um, what if they, uh, what is the one after, what if they spectre it? And it's like, oh yeah, everybody I you've mean, been facing off no, is no a part shade, of spectre. But like the way it's presented in the trailer, Esai Morales is the, like the big bad of this movie of Dead Reckoning. I don't buy it for a second. Yeah. There's somebody we haven't seen. Yeah. And you're not going to see him until the last five minutes of the first one, just to get you amped for the second one. Dude. Yeah. Oh my god. I can't wait. But that was one, that was my burning question was what's your money on Kittredge not being Kittredge? He's either either he is the head of the syndicate or he's John Boynton a mask or whatever. Like I think it'd be perfect. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Jim Phelps very excited to get yeah. Zerny back in the mix. Yeah. Very excited. Okay. Uh I feel like the next well, okay, we got the fight scene. Do we consider that a a set piece there's the getting to know ilsa when he he does the cool pole jump well, you're they've for, got you're him. forgetting sorry that after that mission he goes into a lovely record store in london he talks to the girl tells her what kind of jazz he's into right possibly a nod to jerry Maguire or collateral but all right you know well the collateral the collateral scene i always i always think of jerry Maguire. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, t- but yeah, okay, ultimate throwback. Dude from to, to, High Fidelity tries to sell him on jazz, and it's like, you throw this on when you're making love to Renee Zellweger, and then it's like some experimental, like, Miles Davis shit, and he's like, what is this music? <laughs> In the middle of it, sorry. Okay. But so, yeah, but, and she's like, and she gives him that, like, it's really you, like, it's it's you, like, I can't believe, she fucking fangirls over him, and he's eating it up, you know, and he's just like, yeah, okay, and that's when we get... What's supposed to be your initial mission briefing has been like, ha, I got you, bitch. We're actually the syndicate. Now we know who you are. We know that you're after us. By the way, this thing's going to self-destruct. And poof, green smoke. And look back and, oh, my God, the guy that was in there with him. It's Solomon Lane. Of course, he doesn't know his name's Solomon Lane yet. But he has no he's idea who he is. But yeah, he's just a dude. And I, unfortunately, he, you know, the brilliant, my, I hate it, but like the brilliant like pan of like, you have her there crying, knowing that he's got a gun to the back of her head, and that tilt pan just to where like you can't see her head anymore, but you just see the pistol, and you're like, "That's the that is the whole thing. That is it. He could have knocked the girl out. He could have done whatever. He took an innocent life, even though she's part of the IMF, in front of him. That's the the catalyst for the entire movie right there. That's all it is. When they when they question him later about like, oh, you got to get the guy that got you, huh? This is personal to you. And he's like, no, it's about, the, no, it is personal to him. That mm-hmm. dude got the better of him. Who else has got him in a box where he can't get out? And he wakes up handcuffed in a sewer or whatever. No one's gotten him that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. The most we've gotten to Ethan in trouble is like, well, somebody's wearing his face 
oh, wait, what? And the second one, but he put the mask on that dude. So it's fine. You know, yeah, you've seen Ethan bleed, but only on his terms. Yeah. So when somebody hits him, all he's going to want to do is hit back. And I feel like that is subtly given to you, but like, He's just ferocious with what he's doing to try and get to this dude and figure out who he is. He will not. He says it to Brand when Brand calls him. And he's like, I won't stop. He's you know? kind of a. I'm trying to think timeline wise. So, and we're, you know, we're doing the Bond comparisons. Uh, he's kind of a mix of Alec Trevelyan. Yeah. And what was Bardem's character in, uh, um. in Skyfall? But that idea of like the dark version of you who like knows all this shit. But I guess I and I like Sean Harris in these two movies Mm -hmm. quite a bit. But I also I don't know. That's where I partly hold back on like, I don't know. But the like we've never we've never gotten back to the heights of like PSH three. Yeah, we just we never have. And I think intentionally almost after that. There's kind of a move towards, you know, not that they're interchangeable, but the villains are not, that's never what you, you never watch the trailer for one of these and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see who like the new bad guy is. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's never uh, like even in the top five concerns of a Mission Impossible movie, I guess. And I think the reason why I like uh, Sean Harris in this, to me personally, it does go back it's the closest you're going to get to uh, Phil Hoffman because it's very underplayed. It's underplayed, but it's also it's personal. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, stakes, yeah. the stakes for four and this one are other world. Like it's the world is in the balance, the, mm-hmm. the balance of power, you know, life as we know it, it's in the in play. And if it wasn't, and it's proof, like you got to have the IMF, you got to have the guy there on the ground to pull the trigger three is just personal. Was, Damien, yeah. Damien can do whatever. This is just like, he wasn't even on your radar. He didn't even give a fuck about you, Ethan, but you made it personal. So he made it personal and you had to go toe to toe with this dude. And since then you faced down the most personal, like toughest demon you've had, which is this dude. And he may or may not have gotten run over by a Mercedes truck. Who knows? <laughs> so anything you do after that, it's you kind of go into it with the air of like, oh, I already faced my demon, so like I can save the world, no problem. Right. So when they do bring it back to like, what about a dude that kind of makes it personal for you, but the world is hanging in the balance? Can you handle it? Can you do it? I like that they bring that into this, and that it bleeds over into the second, the I don't want to say the second one, but the next film, and ultimately into the next two that we're gonna get, yeah. because setting it up of like, if you didn't, if you and I think doing it this way with what we what we're told is going to be two more and we're done. I think that's very, very wise of knowing that like we have set up this thing, and we could do we could spin it off and do like a ten part series of him chasing down different syndicate people. We could do another two, three, four of these movies of like different people who belong to the syndicate, a la. 60s era James Bond inspector or you know what we could introduce it slightly in the fourth film we could have it be prominent in the fifth prominent in the sixth see the depths of which it goes in the sixth and then seven and eight we're going to be it's just him taking it down ripping it down from the inside because that's the only way he's going to find peace once he's done with this he can has no his own He's done completely. No more missions. He's going to give it everything he has, possibly give his life to save whatever he has to, you know, his wife, the world, fam, whatever it is. So, yeah, it to me, it does kind of get back to that, like, underplayed level, you know. I mean, they do the same things. They both kill their own people that they mm-hmm. employ. They're it's both such a great villain move, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh and we do get a little bit of the, some espionage that we haven't had in a while in, in the Elsa Faust character kind of playing both sides, all sides. We don't quite know. Is right. she a femme fatale? Is she a viable, like, romantic option or whatever? Um, and by the end of it, kind of rooting for him. Like, him and Rebecca Ferguson have, like, yeah. he doesn't, we've talked about it before, he doesn't have great chemistry with, like, all of his leading ladies throughout his career. But he and Rebecca Ferguson, like, they, they have something there. It was on. And It was on Emily Blunt level as far as I was concerned. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that's the like kind of gold standard oh, yeah. of 
that sort of repartee. And I think that's what we want him to, we want him to be in more, uh, I don't know, like classic screwball, like tit for tat, mm-hmm. sort of like an equal, not, it's all equal. not him I, like, never, yeah. you know, a woman There's, who's like, oh my God, I'm just so into him. That's never the vibe of... Right. It's never a James women. Bond move. It's never like, yes. oh, James. It's never, oh, Ethan. It's like, wow, dude. It's like, like oh, I respect you because like, you have good principles and morals and like, yeah. you take care of your team yeah. and shit. Yeah. It's, it's like a genuine... You objectify like, me as an asset and an agent, not by my looks and my 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 hair and my makeup or whatever I may be doing. You you accept me for me as like this you know possible femme fatale slash professional killer. Yeah. You know, you'll jump out of the back of a plane with me anytime. You'll dive into a, a an underwater server room thing with me anytime, you know. And again, not to, I I don't know the dynamics of any of this, but like we have Haley Atwell coming in to Dead Reckoning, mm-hmm. who I mean, I'm not talking shit, but like could almost be a Rebecca Ferguson like doppelganger. Yeah, like they're they're very similar types. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is she gonna be a new like? We better not be doing some weird love triangle shit like this late in the game. But I have no idea who that character is. It's just. You see them in a lot of the set pieces in the trailers. I don't know. I don't know who she is. She's just identified as Grace, as far as we know. Hmm. What if they're Something all... keep an eye on. What I, if they're all related to the first mission? People who still think he's responsible for their loved one's death on that first team, not realizing... Because they couldn't get the, the info that... Oh, it was actually Jim Phelps who we were trying to flush out. So it's like Sarah, Jack, Hannah... All those people like related to them who grew up and became a IMF agents. Now they're turning on Ethan or something. <laughs> like I don't know. That would be awesome. crazy. Do you want me to give you like one or two uh, cast members you may not have heard about yet? Please for do. Dead Rack. I'm interested. Shea Wiggum. What the? F- <sighs> Always good to have him around. Playing a character named Jasper Briggs. <laughs> what that? Take my money. You already <laughs> have it, but you know. would you like my pin number? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. Charles Parnell, who you will recognize from the last couple episodes of Barry, he was the uh, older black detective oh, uh, yeah. who was dealing with Gene a lot. Uh, you mean Janice's father? No, no, no. That's Robert Wisdom. You mean no? That's Charles Parnell, Master Chief. That's Master Is Chief. Is he the voice of Master Chief? No, dude. That's Master Chief in the last ship. Oh, okay, okay. dude. Oh shit, yeah. Because yeah. he was in he was in fucking um, Mandalorian too. He showed up for a split second in that. I'm Hell give, yeah, dude. I'm going to give you one more unnamed character. Carrie Always. As just hang you up. fucking <laughs> wish, just, Tom Cruise. Just hanging as out. As you wish. Maybe he's the big bad, bro. Maybe it's always. It was always all along. Kiss the girls. It was always. <laughs> 1995. It was always. <laughs> or I don't know always. Or use. Carrie Use. Is that how you, I thought his name was Carrie. Elves. Or El- I don't know. Elves. And who knows. Because unlike some Robin Hoods, I can speak with a British accent. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> what were we saying? Oh, sorry, Spycraft. Yeah, so Spycraft. Her playing that, you have the Simon McBurney character who ends up like double crossing her. They, so I did like that element of like getting back into a little bit, but the midsection here. I'm sorry. This is where it's just like, it's just it's elite shit, dude. It's like. We talking like opera to car chase? Or are we talking? Oh, dude, all my, I'm like the opera set piece is incredible. Like just silent visual storytelling. The the idea of playing with the like the music and like we know when the crescendo is gonna hit. We have all of this cross cutting tension. We introduce which, that there's another shooter. Like which for God. posterity's sake that happens in a third act of that opera, not the first. We're just letting everybody know it would have been after intermission. Somebody read the trivia because I would have never fu- like I did not know that. You didn't know that that opera? That's like my yeah. favorite opera. Dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it doesn't happen in Act One. It's so, it's after intermission, Act Three. Duh. You didn't know that? But dude, her <laughs> like, it's got so many cool fucking little details. Like her yeah. constructing her little like flute gun. Yeah. And everything, the fight with them on this like the scaffolding and the lights. It's just all, it's great. And you're like, oh, that's pretty fantastic. And then we have like a few, few little beats. They get out of there. They do the fake out where they like have to kind of throw her out of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but shortly thereafter, we have the setup of they have to go and get the thing from the thing inside the cooling system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember the details of why they need to go in there. 
but they need... they think it's Lane's ledgers, like it's the copy of Lane's stuff. They basically need it as proof that the syndicate exists. They need to swap it out so that the system doesn't know, it, and they have to do it while it's moving. They got Benji, Benji's got to get in there with his own profile, so he can get in there. It's like it's in there. It's so easy to get, and Lane leaves it there as easy as it can be to get because like no one's gonna like switch out a profile so that they can their like it, it measures their biometrics. So you can't copy somebody. That's right. He has you have to, to make your own the... profile. You have to walk a certain, all that shit. Everything has to match. The only, and the, the, the here, and we'll, when we get done with this, before we get to the chase, I'll, I'll make one comment I need to make and then we can keep going because it's only one problem I have. Um, so yeah, but they're like, you got to go jump through this thing. And you got to be in this thing. Got to hold your breath for this long, and you know, make sure that you get this key card in there by this point in time. So it's only three minutes. You got to hold your breath, and you'll be fine. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, three but you got to swim against this current. So like, you're gonna. It's like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. You know, I am. Never wrong, mind the fact so. that like <laughs> they do, they do make like diving equipment made of plastic, with no metal. Mm-hmm. So you could take just a little breathing canister in there. Is this your one nitpick? No, my oh, okay. my one nitpick we'll get to after they get out of here. Okay, but that there's so much tension in that and being underwater and for it's it being, so good, dude. It, it's and one for of it my being something that is like predominantly. It, I can't. It's seamless transition between like real life and CG. Oh, it's so it's oh, so perfect, so well yeah. done, and it's it is kind of like the upping of the ante of the same principle of tension that the Langley heist operates on. Mm -hmm. It's basically taking that and like, how can we recapture some of that? Which, I mean, it's arguably something they've done in the other movies, but I don't know. To me, it's so tied to that one. And it's like, well, what if, what if water (laughs) was introduced? What if like all, you know, okay, all you got to do is get to a terminal, but here's where we're going to put it. Here's Mm -hmm. the circumstances it's within. And all, yeah, all the drama of that, the like the the genius again of the visual storytelling of like put the put the oxygen gauge like big giant thing on his arm that we as an audience can see the whole time the natural tension of that and then her coming in and saving him is just I don't know dude I I love that stretch but the thing I forget about it every time I'm rewatching it is like dude they get out of the water Ethan is essentially like half dead for like the back the second time he died this movie. He, he died in he in, died, three, in three, in three, he, and died, then he died, died again in five. Life. Yeah, but again, these movies just like totally make you buy it and believe it. Like he he sells it through the performance of it, as opposed to like some other franchises we could talk about that have to like retcon their deaths and nobody actually ever dies and blah blah blah. Yeah, but, we're talking about Fast and Furious off screen. That that's only that's a sec- tiny issue. When he gets flung into that plane in the first one, I'm like, that's head trauma. He's dead with how hard he hits his 100%. head. 100%. Again, it, it borrows from the Fast and Furious just a little bit. It's like, eh, it's, he's fine. You know, people jump and dive on cars and they like dive out of car windows onto other cars. They're fine. You know, as long as their back hits it, they're good. Like, yeah. it's not a big deal. It's just a dent and then keep going. But yeah, that was my one other problem with like, yeah, he he flies in there and bangs his head pretty good. Like, he, if he's not knocked out cold, like, he's going to be having like, blurry vision but then i read that like they gave him special lenses so that like his eyes wouldn't get hurt he could keep his eyes open oh for, because of the wind, for the wind. and so like in that he said as a pilot he wanted to see what it would be like to be on the wing of something having you know being a professional pilot and all that so it makes sense but herein when they get out and she shocks him and wakes him back up herein is like my biggest problem okay we're going to get to like one of the, the coolest set pieces, probably one of my favorite chases in this franchise. I mean, I think it tops, it, it's up there with the one that they do again in seven or six. But when you're done with the sequence and like, you know, Benji's just like, I mean, I made a copy and it's like, okay, wait a minute. So you chased after this girl. Did you do it just for the look to make it seem like, to make to help her get in good with Lane's guys who were after her because you chased her because you had a copy, and for all you know, this is stuff that Lane already has that he doesn't need. So why is she taking it back to Lane? As like, oh look, Ethan tried to steal this from you, but, but I, she's actually taking it back to her handler. She right? does right, right. They don't again. They don't know that, but like, 
why chase if you've already made a copy, Benji? Like, you go through all that. You guys almost died driving that thing backwards. You know what I mean? I honestly forgot that detail. Yeah, that he... so that's the one thing. It just renders it a little bit mute. Again, you could argue... But well, they don't want her to have the... It's essentially the ledger of where their money is to know all their accounts and banking info. Which we need for the end of the movie. Yeah, they right need it for there. the end of the movie, but also at the same time, <laughs> like... You know, they don't know if she's going to give it back to Lane and double cross them. They don't know that she's. He has a hunch she's working for I for um, MI six or MI five, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's MI five in real life. Um, but like British intelligence, he has a, a hunch she's working for them, but he doesn't know that like she also. Did they make she was also an IMF agent or she was some other kind of covert agent and got disavowed and she's working back? I think so. She originally worked yeah. with the CIA or the the Americans or whatever, so they don't know that. But it's just that one little thing of like, oh, it's all right. I made a copy. It's like maybe put the team. Maybe you don't want to do that to be like, well, now we got to get this back on top of doing all the shit we got to do at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But the chase is still great. The banter between like Luther and Brant who were in there, and they're like, "You had to get the four by four. Them just That's, like them passing each other, intercepting yeah. them in the moment is hilarious. But then you have all of that that car set piece, and then the like crescendo of that, and then the bikes, which I think is maybe the best like motorcycle riding I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, it's so like well captured. It's so cool looking. I've never, I've never given a shit about like motorcycles in terms of like wanting to be on one. But I'm like, I would ride on the back of one while Tom Cruise drove it because I would feel really comfortable and I would be doing that shit where your knee is like a half an inch from the mm-hmm. the asphalt and you're just like, oh, I guess I'm good. Like, dude, I don't know. I will, and of course culminates with like him wiping out and she gets away and all of that. But I think that stretch basically. Mm-hmm. From Opera House to that is like, I don't know. I'm just like on cloud nine. I think it's the best stretch of like maybe the whole franchise, like sustained. But then again, there's chunks of three mm-hmm. where I'm like, I don't know. Oh, there's this chunks is of Fallout where I'm just like, okay. And right. I haven't rewatched Fallout again. Again, Dude, I did on the back end of this, but, but I'm going to I'm gonna revisit again. Because again, Rogue Nation and Fallout were the ones I had seen the least mm-hmm. going into this, even though I'd seen them multiple times. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's there's some this, bits this most recent like, time through. I I did rank Rogue Nation as my as my number one. I, I'm getting. I mean, it's it's a tough one to toss up between because that and Fallout. But I my edge would still go to well, Fallout now just because of we just what it's doing, how it's setting things up, and like what it's doing as far as like who's who, who's what, who can you trust? Yeah, you know, the ultimate fear of it all. Are there any other ones you would put up there for set pieces? That I'm not thinking of. Because this is notably, I like the ending of this movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of that third act where it's like, we've already been at such highs that like, yeah, we're actually going to like pull things in and try and kind of do a little more interpersonal mm-hmm. thing for the finale, which I liked. And making Benji, like making a team member, the stakes, I thought was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the ultimate reveal of like, well, he's He's fucking Tom Cruise, man. He just, it's all, it's all uh-huh. upstairs. He just memorized all the numbers. It's yeah. just great. But any other set pieces that I'm missing? Like no, I mean, kind of after that, that? After the, after that, cause you go to, they got to get, they basically got to get to the prime minister. Because there's a lot of fun hijinks with the, the mask making. We got the dude from white Lotus in there. They get to like reveal to Alec Baldwin, like, see, here's what we can do. It's mm-hmm. like, it's well, a much see, lighter, like fun ending yeah. than you would expect, and then we have the ultimate like, we got him, we got we got Sean Harris, like, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's also why I like this one is because it's like, it's kind of a fun, successful like heist caper almost at mm-hmm. the end of it. It's like they 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 sew up all the loose ends and they get the bad guy, and it's like it's satisfying and like almost like an old school TV episode sort of way, right? Honestly. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, they, they, they you're right, they, they rope Alec Baldwin into it, and they make him realize, like, oh, yeah, there's a need for these people. But at the very end, mm-hmm. the very, very end, the Congress is saying, so you mean to tell me that, like, you secretly have always wanted the IMF to work out, 
even though you were literally campaigning right. against them. A and week he was ago. like, and he says, well, yeah, but I had reason to believe that like maybe people within my own CIA might have been part of this syndicate, so I had to be sure. So was Alec Baldwin always going to be the secretary from Jump? Or is it only after he... Because he's playing it the entire movie of like, I got to find Hunt. I got to find Hunt. I got to find Hunt. Mm-hmm. And Brandt's playing is like, I'm, I don't like this guy. He's kind of, oh, no, we, Alec right. Baldwin. Is that both of them playing for my benefit and or th- anybody watching in the CIA to be like... I hadn't even honestly thought but now, of that but angle. When, but when he says, yeah. you know... Welcome to the team, Mr. Secretary. I'm like, oh, he was in my head. I'm like, oh, well, of course, Baldwin was playing them all from the start. He was always going to be the secretary, which is because he has to move over from the CIA to become the secretary. He's wanted to his entire time. All the shit he's talking about IMF is stuff he wishes he could do in the CIA. Now he gets to do it, which means Angela Bassett has to step up, which is what we're setting up for the next one. And, you know. He's been playing it the entire time, but he's had to come after Ethan as like, I'm the bad guy because he could still be on the fence about Ethan. The whole like, I think Hunt is making all this up and he really is the bad dude. Right. And, you know, it's ultimately about proof that like, if I could just, I don't have to stop them. I just got to prove that they exist. So the people who are like trying to shut me down, will be like, oh shit. This is all right. This is legit. Let's put some money behind this and let's have you infiltrate for real. But of course... The, you have to do that while the syndicate knows you're on to them, so to speak. And the way they make it sound, which is, is a, which is a perfect setup, is like, it doesn't matter if you cut off one, one head, another one's going to take its place, a la mm-hmm. Hydra, a la, you know, whatever. But, like, you do take that one out to the point that you're like, okay, well, yeah, we got him. And you don't think about it. And as soon as you get to seven, you're like, well, yeah, shit, they told you. You can take one down, but someone's going to take his place. And where mm-hmm. we go with seven, you're like, of course, that's what's going to happen. Like, that's that's the inevitable, like, progression of, okay, now they got Kate Blanchett with the budget again for IMF. They could do whatever they want. So what happens? Syndicate might have to, you know, step it up a notch and actually throw their weight around and, and you know, do some shit. Yeah. Which I like that that's where we're going. But you're right. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I think, like, if we're going to, I mean, I don't think we even need to talk about best team member. I th- it's got to be Benji because... One, he's the only team member that's there helping him. But just that speech he gives about, like, God damn it, I'm a field agent, and you can't tell me I can't do this. It's my right to, like, tell you I will help you. Like, you can't come in here and be like, oh, I can't do this because I can't protect you. Fuck you for that, dude. Like, I'm here. I'm doing this. You know, I don't care about having to lie for you or whatever like I've been doing. Mm -hmm. You can't take that from me. And that ultimately right there, yeah, you know, course luther's always going to be there we could argue brant's brant's good for like you know keeping the powers that be but that just to me solidifies that benji is the ultimate team well and that's i agree with you for this one 100 but that's an interesting that's no and we'll talk about when we get to fallout but um i just remember around it coming out it was one of the interviews with mccrory but them they have a very um good curatorial sense of the franchise and they were like you know, we just we just did. Benji was kind of the the crux of five at mm. the end of the day, as far as team members go, and that's why they were like, you know what, Luther's been a little bit more background since three, and that's why in six he is he's the dude on the bomb. You know, mm-hmm. lot to do. They have the emotional stakes with him in the beginning that kind of like saving him is what sets off mm-hmm. the chain of events. And it was like, no, it's Ving's time. Like, no, we want him yeah. to be like, and the idea that those can coexist and like they've managed to now. I mean, those core three. I'm just gonna be honest. I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, we'll talk about it more on the next episode on the next Road to Reckoning. But I'm really worried we're gonna lose one of the two of them yeah. in part one, because I do think this movie actually has some or this series actually has some balls and some stakes and would not be afraid knowing that there's only, you know, two left to actually do that. And I, I honestly think at this point it would be very effective. Cause I like, I have a huge attachment to both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, cause yeah, cause it can't be, it's either that or they're going to kill his wife for real. One of the two. And I don't, I, and yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how that plays at this point. Cause they, I feel like they kind of, they, with, I, I keep we keep wanting to just transition into fallout but like 
I, I feel like they put that story to bed in a pretty satisfying way because they need to because mm-hmm. obviously he's yeah. supposed to get with Ilsa. If he, if he, I, I hope that's the happy ending for him on the other side of all of this. That's the other fear is like, I like Rebecca Ferguson so much in these now. If they kill her off in, right. in Dead Rack, I'm going to be upset. They're like, I have genuine stakes established and I like that they're keeping these people around because it felt, again, four felt like, oh, we got a team. And then they immediately just like disband them in this one. They like, you know, oh no, they're kind of scattered the winds. What are you freaking out oh, about? No. What? Dead Reckoning is going to be a repeat of the original. He's going to lose his entire team that he's already set up. And then the Dead Reckoning one. Part 2 is... Off the just, grid. Oh, off the man. Books. Fucking Jack Reacher slash fucking uh, Charlie Bronson vigilante style. Just fucking single-handedly <sighs> I, hunting down. I mean, that sounds and, great, but and, I also hope that's not it. I hope it's not it, but like, come on, man. Think about it. Who Who's he supposed to be talking to? Why is he talking to Kittredge? You're gonna, it's me. gonna cost you For dearly. Me. Like, of course he's gonna talk to Kittredge because he lost the whole fucking team again. And who has to be the Dude. new guy, the, the the guy to come out of retirement? Because we've said it before, Kittredge was the secretary in the original movie. It's billed that way. So. You know, after what happened to Alec Baldwin, who are they going to get? Well, they got to go get this dude out of retirement. What happens on Hunt's next mission to stop a syndicate? He loses his entire fucking team for real. Not no fucking Jim Phelps bullshit. It happens for real. Why? Because the syndicate does not fuck around. And that's his proof because he had it easy. He had it super easy getting the head of the syndicate in the fifth one. And yeah, there were some bumps in the road, but they came out okay and they stopped a nuclear launch in Fallout. This is good. The, the seven is going to fucking prove that the syndicate and this franchise got balls and it's going to be some shit. I'm telling you. And of course, inevitably in dead reckoning part two, Tom Cruise will take all of this to its logical conclusion. And the ultimate stunt craft will now be, I've seen these John wick movies. You know, the only way we could elevate, I'm going to do it for real. I'm going to start murdering people <laughs> on camera. For real, that's the next level. All these stuntmen, all the stuntmen you see are convicts yes. on death row. You know they don't have. They all agreed to this. Yeah, they got nothing to lose. We yeah. paid their families. Their, their off. families were compensated. That's the entire budget of this movie. Everyone you see die in this movie, I really got <laughs> the big guys that you I see really had end. to get in the headspace. Do you hear that sound? That's not celery. I actually snapped a man's neck on camera. <laughs> I said, no Foley artist can do this the legit way. Believe me, we mic'd that son of a bitch up, and it was tough. We only had one take, but I got it. Tom, can't you go back to inventing new cameras to film jets better? No, I will be murdering people for the rest of my career. Okay. Uh, And not the way that Alec Baldwin did it. I'm talking on screen. Okay. (laughs) That's terrible. All right. Um, So... Uh, spectacular set pieces. What we gotta kind of separate them out there. What, what are you thinking? I mean, if you have to pick one, you got. If pick I have one. to pick one, it's gonna be the. the You're picking the, motor- the car chase before the motorcycle, no, or are we considering this all one piece? I would consider that all one piece. It's all one chase, even though we do have a clear kind she's of. She's like, on a bike the entire time, so the entire time she's on the bike, I'm doing it because she gets off the bike and he crashes, and that's kind of the end of the scene. You know, and that's before, because you don't find out he made a copy until after it's all done with, because they're talking to Benji and he was like, he kind of pops back awake. And by the time they're like, what's going, Ethan's already on the, on the thing and gone, you know? So you don't get that little like, Hey, this wasn't worth it until later. So like to rewatch that stretch again. You know, I, I will go with that again, the plane, that's why you go there, you know? Like, if you hear about it, now, granted, we've talked, there's a bunch of hype about the big stunt in Seven, and I'm thinking, like, you and I both are thinking, that ain't the biggest thing. Like, there's something else there's that no was way, done. Because there's no way you show that to us right. with this much detail if there's not something else in there. Exactly. And, like, again, I know the underwater thing, it's it's a mix of, like, him physically doing stuff, but it's also, it's CG. But it's, it's really well so done. so good. Because I, I, listen, this is going to sound stupid. I judge every human being CG against like Blade 2 and those two Matrix movies as for like 
I'm going to try and show you something that's supposed to be a human, but like it isn't, it's CG, but I'm going to try and hide it in shadows and like the way bodies move. And I'm just going to try. And if you could beat that, which nowadays it shouldn't be that hard to beat. Between it, I was going to say, if that, you look like that, we're in trouble. Right, if exactly. You so like if you just don't days. look like that, you've already, you've done 90% of the work. Yeah. The other part is to seamlessly move between that, what is not real, and what is real with your, but like, I don't believe for a minute them going around in that circle is them, but when you get close to it and it's them grabbing it, it's a seamless transition to, to me, at least. I don't know. I haven't watched how they filmed that. It seems like it's a seamless transition to like an actual actor. They're doing something Yeah. to the point where she's got him and they're going around one time and the second time that's all CG, but I don't care because I get it. It looks good. And the camera's constantly moving in there anyway. I don't need it to be legit. And again, again, it's it's using the technology to aid in the storytelling, not just let it take be over. The that's yeah, the right. that's the key difference right. there. And you could I mean you know again. You so go, I go I, I love that, but that. I think we, yeah. I think we both go chase sequence. I agree. Yeah. That kind of centerpiece chase sequence is yeah. definitely the highlight. Uh, we already picked team member, definitely Benji. Uh, shout out uh, for taking one for the team, so to speak, with the vest. What are our other categories? Yeah. Um, my. I guess gadget you would have to give it to I mean I guess the do you no Benji doesn't get to wear the face maker he doesn't get to do that um there's no face maker play or no there is at the end AED defibrillator it's like your best gadget yeah since it saves his life you know um trying to think I mean record player that doesn't that plays records with no grooves (laughs) that's good um Gas chambers, in and of themselves, glass gas chambers. I think those work. I do like putting them in the glass box. Yeah. Man, that's not really a gadget, but um, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, that's another cool thing about that. This one's not very gadget heavy. Yeah. It's a little more uh, scaled back because yeah. it's like you have the gadgets and you have the things you need. Like again, we talk about it. The IMF is done, and the one thing you grab is a device that changes numbers on a door. Like right. you take that out of your train, obviously you're gonna, need it, <laughs> yeah. you know. So yeah, the the fact that it's like the IMF is no more. We're replacing it with the CIA. I would say maybe like his phone that lets him like watch <laughs> them come into him when he's in. They're down in what? They're down in Cuba, but he's actually like somewhere else completely. I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Weak, weak on the gas. I don't know why is one. he in a beard at that sequence either. He has a beard he's grown. I get as he's trying to like be in disguise, but he's got a little bit of a beard where he's like working out, recovering. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, maybe you could say like the gadget being like the flute gun, maybe? I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I'm going yeah. with. Yeah, flute, flute gun. gun. Flute gun magic, yeah, that works. For sure. Um, uh, if if I'm going to do it, though, even though it's bullshit, because like you're... That thing is, it's not an oxygen level. It's like, if it's reading oxygen level, it should always be at 100 because, like, you should always have blood. Like, your blood should always have oxygen, you know? And, again, right. why do you wait, like, 20 seconds before you jump in? Like, you, he holds his breath, and then he gets up and goes. It's like, dude, maybe you should, like, you really need to be pushing all that air out as you're going down so your body sinks. Now, granted, it flows, so you get there quickly, but, like, don't hold your breath before you jump Take a breath, jump, exhale on the way down through the circular <laughs> thing, and then and then you're fine. But yeah, so I guess if I'm gonna say if I could have a little device that is gonna tell me like, hey, you got twenty percent left till you die with your air, like on the my movie wrist, was called cool. End Time, right? <laughs> Sorry, Mister right? Justin Timberlake. Yeah, <laughs> it had a, yes, you, yeah. yeah. Literally, time took over for money and or any other currency. I get it. Yes. Uh, all right. I think we hit all the categories. Um. Uh, yeah, I think we, I think we did it. I believe so. Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't know. We've recorded these a ways apart, so I forget mm-hmm. how to end everything. All I know is we did all the things so we can officially say mission accomplished. accomplished. There'll be a new nation. If Ethan Hunt has anything to say about it, the syndicate can fuck off. Welcome to the team, Mr. Secretary. <laughs>